Welcome to the Girls Chase interview series. I'm your host, Chase Amante, founder of GirlsChase.com. The Girls Chase interview series brings you tips and tactics you can go out and use with girls today, straight from the tool bags of awesome Girls Chase coaches. Today we speak to Cody Lyons. Cody's an old hand in the seduction community, and he's been the lead phone coach at Girls Chase since 2013. Cody specializes in introvert game and quiet guy game, but don't let that fool you. He's also known for his 20-minute dance floor pools, where he whisks girls off to bathrooms for fast flings under 20 minutes after he first says hello. We'll talk with Cody about what he does and how he does it. We'll talk about what it's like to meet girls as the quiet guy, and we'll show you how to sign up for a coaching package with Cody, and exactly what such a package will teach you how to do. Hey, Cody. Great to have you on the program. Hey, man. Good to be here. All right. So you're a man of Australian origin, but in Spain at present. Is that right? Yeah, I live in Spain. It's uh, it's nice here. You know, you've got nice women, lots of food, and it's relatively cheap. So, so why'd you pick Spain? I've heard from lots of guys it's one of the toughest places to meet girls. Yeah, it is tough to meet girls in Spain, but once you crack it, it's all downhill from there. So it's, it's great for me. Yeah, you know, many of the most talented guys that I've met with women have been guys that learned their angle in really tough places, like Australia is another one, which, and you're coming from Australia. Yeah, in Australia, it's all about physical stuff. Like, you can't talk to girls verbally or they just think, who is this guy? Why is he talking to me? Go away. Why don't you do something like bold, like a real physical move? Huh. How about Spain? Different? Here, if you do a bold physical move, they'll always push you off and say no so you have so it's to just the completely other end of the spectrum exactly you have to learn how to win them over with words and then they're like oh i like this guy and then it's easy from there have you ever been to the u.s oh uh, no i haven't been to the u.s like i've got a lot of friends in the u.s but i've never actually made it over there right on oh, still plenty of time for that so today we're going to talk about meeting sleeping with and dating girls as the quiet guy how quiet of a guy are you well, let's just say I don't feel compelled to talk when around girls, just to like fill a silence or anything like that. I'll be on a date and I'll just hang back a bit with quiet confidence and get her talking. Of course, I can be the party guy too, but I prefer to remain like unruffled and I feel more at ease being like the low key guy. Girls usually like describe me as kind of like a hidden oasis because I'm just like I'm very subtle, but I'm kind of there and nurturing and supportive of what's going on. So a hidden oasis doesn't sort of you suck them in or they just kind of stumble upon you and feel refreshed and rejuvenated? Even though I'm being silent, I'll be really good company. So I might be very confident physically or I still keep the girl on her toes, but it's just done in subtle ways without forcing myself to speak or forcing myself to do anything that I don't need to do. And then it's not just good company, but also sexually refreshing as well. Definitely, because I tend to see what they want, talk about what they want, and then we get to what they want. And that's refreshing to girls. Mind telling me how you got your start in dating? I had a lot of different experiences with women, but ultimately what really gave me the impression that the old way of doing things would never work was my first official girlfriend. The way that went down was I was working in a club 
as nightclub security. And I was working in this section near the back stairs and I always had that like favorite section. And sometimes girls would be escorted straight up through the back stairs. And I met her through that. She came up the back stairs. She started flirting with me. I flirted with her. And then eventually she decided to meet me after work. And the first night we just went for like a short walk and then went back to my car. And we got in the car, started kissing, all that kind of stuff. And it was just really strange because I wasn't too sexually experienced at the time. And she had like two layers of shirts on. So when I like took off the first shirt, <laughs> the other shirt was still on. So I was like, what the hell just happened there? Like it took me courage to like take a shirt off. And then all of a sudden it, it was just like fail. And then, you know, I reached down like under her skirt and then she like brushed that away. And I was like, oh damn, two strikes, the third strike and I'm out. And then I'm like being careful, making sure not to make a mistake. And then like a surfer guy walks past because it's like 4 a.m. in the morning and he's going to catch some waves. And then she's just like, all right, I'm done. And it sort of ended there. I met up with her several times after that and we got into like the classical sort of romantic dating type things like bowling, watching movies, which I don't recommend, by the way, because watching movies with girls is like almost always awkward, especially if it's like a crappy movie or something. You just, oh my God. And... Basically, we got to know each other over several months and I was like, yeah, I've got my first girlfriend. This is amazing. And what eventually started happening was there was this other time where we were running through like a golf course and then I invited her back to my place and she was like, okay, I'll only come up only if you promise not to try anything. And I was like, sure, I promise I'm not going to try anything. And being a stupid guy that I was, I was like, don't try anything, no matter what she does. Don't try anything. <laughs> so she was like kissing my neck and laying on top of me. And I was like, don't try anything, man. Don't try anything. You're going to ruin it. And I, I was just so oblivious that I couldn't figure out that that was the time to, you know, throw that out the window and change my tactic. I was already there. And after that point, you know, she started to get a bit like suspicious of me. And eventually she started like asking questions. So we were down at the beach one day and she asked if like, what was the baddest thing I've ever done? And I was like, you know, I don't really have any bad stories. And she went on to explain like her bad stories about like how she used like cherry pie to make it look like some girl at camp uh, had her period or something. And I was like, yeah, I've never done that. That's kind of mean. And she just looked at me this certain way, like, oh, this guy, he's just a nice guy. I shouldn't really be with him. And I was like, oh, man, that look can't be good. Because cause she just mentally noted in her head, like, this guy, nice guy. And I was like, immediately written off. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then what happened was um, I was going to the club working and stuff. And I started to see her there. But she was like hanging around with another guy or something. And then she'd like push the guy out of the way. And I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, then eventually she got sick. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, I'll buy like a teddy bear and stuff like that. And she'll get better and we'll continue the relationship. And so I had this teddy bear in my hands and I'm thinking like, 
oh, I'm going to give this to her. I'm going to give this to her. And she just went silent. It was just radio silence for like the longest time. And eventually I found out from a friend of hers that she'd actually left and got married to another guy that she knew since she was like five years old. Crazy. I was like, oh, got married to another guy. That means I was the other guy in the relationship. And I wasn't even sexual. I was just some stupid nice guy. And that kind of like forced her to be like, I'll just marry this other guy. Yeah, there's no problem with that. See, the thing was, I was kind of, I kind of appeared to be like a bit of a, a bad boy. Like, I had a little bit more of a bad boy edge. But what it ended up doing was eventually disappointing the girl. And then, you know, I just got the same nice guy treatment as everybody else. But then I realized, you know, that the traditional way of dating just really wouldn't cut it for me. Like, doing it the same way that my father did it just... And he was, like, married when he was 19, and he's still married. And I was, I was like, yeah, I can't do that. That's not the way I'm going to do it, because if I do it that way, it's just going to keep happening, that there's going to be these crappy situations, and I'm not going to adapt correctly. And, yeah, it just seemed unrealistic to me. So there had to be a better way. So I started trying to find that way. And that led you to where you are now. Yeah, it did. So what was your progression like? How did you know when you made it? And where exactly did you make it to? Um, well, at the start, I didn't know what I was doing. And actually, I didn't think it was possible to get anywhere that was like very far. I was just thinking, you know, how do I fix this problem with girls thinking I'm a nice guy? How do I fix another problem where a girl might you know, lead me somewhere like to a hotel room and then I would just like wave my hand and say, hey, nice meeting you and walk away. Or how I'd ask a girl on a date and then she wouldn't show up. And then I was thinking like, okay, what do I do here? Um, this was before like I could find anything online about it. Like, so I didn't look it up. I was, it was still quite a while ago. And I was thinking, Okay, so how do I fix these specific issues that I keep coming up against? And I just kind of went at it as boldly as I could, trying to figure it out. And I met loads of different girls of all different types. And I just kind of like went across like as many different options as I could to try and get a feel for what would work and what wouldn't work. So I tried like cheesy lines out in nightclubs and stuff and that had some success. Like girls would be like, ha, huh, that's cute. And then like it went nowhere. So I was like, okay, I can't say a line if it just gets that, oh, that's cute response and then goes nowhere because that's, that's not useful. So I started trying to like experiment with doing different things with my body, like walking up close to them and sort of like pushing them a little off balance as I whispered in their ear and dancing with a couple of girls at the same time to kind of like create this sort of vibe or atmosphere of like, hey, look at this. This is really fucking cool. Shouldn't everybody be jealous? And I started to try and like play on people's emotions and feelings and that kind of thing and eventually started getting, you know, fuck buddies and stuff from that where... You know, I'd be going out with a girl and then like her friend would be really interested and I'd switch to the friend and then th that girl would become a fuck buddy or something. And I started to learn like how that relationship had to be 
So, for example, the girls that I'd be teasing the most would be the ones that were most responsive and came to me. But the girls I was being really polite with, they'd be like, oh, that's cool, that's great, you're doing that, oh, that's interesting. So I was like, okay, tease them, create tension, uh, use my body language and that kind of stuff. And then the girls started being more and more attractive. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is how it works. And then what ended up happening was I needed a big breakthrough to like really get through my problems with my confidence my confidence was like, oh, I'm already good at certain things in my life. I can't be good at another thing in my life. Like, how could I possibly good, be good with women and good at other things? This, that shouldn't be possible. Like, nobody should, like, be able to do that. So I had this just mental blockage of thinking it was too much. It was too big. It was something I shouldn't be able to accomplish. And then... One day, it kind of like built up and built up and built up in me like a kind of volcano ready to explode. And I was just kind of came off work one day and I was walking down the park and there was this woman who was drunk and I watched over her. Like all the social niceties and that stuff, they, like the social confines of like what people should and shouldn't do said hey, don't follow this chick that's drunk, even though four guys are following her, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, fuck the social confines, fuck that stuff. I'm just going to follow this girl, make sure she's all right, even though I'm like scared and stuff. So even though I was scared, I went and I followed her and the four guys were pulling in her bra straps and all that kind of thing. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is looking really bad. So I was, I was getting ready to like fight four guys and I'm like, oh man, I, I don't know if I can succeed doing this. So I went and I called her a taxi. I just started waiting for the taxi to arrive. And this girl, she came up to me and she was like talking to me. And I was just like talking to her nonchalantly, like offhanded because we we're on the other side of the road and she couldn't see what was going on. And I was just like so strong with my presence, like so ready and powerful. And like, she started really reacting, like stronger than I'd ever seen anybody react. And this is a different girl. This is not the drunk girl. Yeah, this is a different girl. This is the second girl that walked up to you while you were keeping an eye on the drunk girl. Exactly. And because I had this really strong presence, she was, she was just enamored. She was absolutely magnetized to what I was doing. Even though I wasn't saying much, doing much, she was just like, whoa, this guy, this is interesting. She didn't know what was... She could just tell because you had sort of like the vibe of like, I'm watching this other girl while these other guys are, are attacking her. I'm getting ready to step in or I'm trying to help her out. And the second girl could sense all this kind of like certainty and power and protectiveness, I guess. And like that masculinity, she was like, whoa, that's really... Mm. And because I'd, I, I had experience in martial arts, I had like a lot of energy that was like circulating through my body that was like readying me and preparing me. And so that was like really the strongest response I'd ever gotten. So since I, I'd always been testing out like what the strongest responses were, I suddenly realized like that this was the strongest response. It was about my presence, the way I was holding myself. And I realized that if I could somehow utilize that, I could make everything that I did more effective. And eventually a taxi came, the girl got in the cab and she got off, she was fine. And the four guys just wandered off drunk into the bushes somewhere. 
to do God knows what. And I took the girl and slept with her. And I was actually making out with her on the street. And this other girl from the nightclub nearby, which was the place that I worked, she came across and she's like, oh my God, you're kissing that girl here. And in the club, you're flirting with those girls. You're such a badass. And she's like, why don't you come up to my room instead? And I was like, I'm kind of busy here. And then I was like, you know, even though I got laid with that girl, the girl that I met on the street, I was thinking, oh, what if I dropped her and went with the other girl? Oh, maybe I should have arranged, like, that we both came up. Mm. So then I kept thinking, you know, just like the wheels in my head, like, it's never good enough. So then I kept getting better and better and better and better until I realized, you know, like, the best sex is the best sex you have with, like, chemistry and... I started to like figure out like what all the true things are with women. I started to understand women's psychology, how they are, because I'd be in a lot of relationships with them and would talk a lot and uh, I'd start to understand everything about it, ins and outs, what they thought about guys and you know, what they thought about me when I did different things. And eventually, over years and years, it built up a lot of experience and awareness of what was going on and I started to like a big part of teaching guys this kind of stuff and I started learning coaching and, and that kind of thing and helping guys understand what women are thinking and what's going on in certain situations and how they can improve it so that they can get better results and I suppose one of the last things that I learned was things about love and relationships and that kind of thing and I went into went into that and started to understand you know, what it's like to have, what it's like to lose things, what it's like to really love somebody and what it's like to, you know, get really caught up in all that kind of stuff and sort of understand all the stuff I was doing with girls before, you know, like the flirty, sexy, uh, fuck buddy type stuff from a perspective of like also knowing what love is and relationships and that kind of stuff. So then that kind of like gave me the whole package to understand what everybody's going through and kind of, yeah, help guys out, make things clear and like what's happening and what situation, what the context is and how they can use that context or awareness of the context to make a plan and, you know, create skills for that plan specifically. It's a pretty incredible journey. Mm. So how'd you get into coaching students? Um, well, coaching students is just kind of like a natural extension of that. So I tend to think that everybody in this world uh, derives the most happiness from their life from their relationships and their relationship with the opposite sex. I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be the relationship with one woman. It can just be like, oh, I have this general relationship with all kinds of women and this is something that gives me a lot of confidence and joy and happiness. It can be with one woman too, if she's bringing you confidence and happiness and that kind of thing, and that's really good. So I was thinking it's a good thing that guys have this handled and that'll make them happier and that they'll be leading happier lives. So I was like, oh, you know, I can do some real good here if I help guys make the best of the best parts of their life. So... I just really wanted to make a difference for people and help them find like even more happiness, comfort and you know, make sense of something that is actually kind of chaotic at the start. Like initially, you know, it was kind of chaotic for me. I didn't know what was happening and it really sucked and I thought it was 
you know, kind of like a problem to solve. Then, you know, these days for me, it's, it's really, it's nice. It's comfortable and I love what I'm doing and I don't feel pressured to do anything I don't want to do. So I understand where people are coming from, where they want to have the ability to do what they want, not be pressured into all these crappy scenarios over and over and over again. So I was like, yeah, we need this to happen. We need people to learn about this kind of stuff. So then I was just like more than willing to come along and learn to uh, coach guys. But initially, of course, not being good at something doesn't necessarily mean you're a good coach. So I had to learn coaching. So um, I learned about writing. I also trained myself in understanding the psychology of different guys so that I could teach each person specifically like for his own situation and how his own mind works and some guys more logical needing more examples and hypotheticals some guys are more experiential like they learn from the experience the most so you need to take them through situations and kind of like ping pong back and forth what's happening other guys they need to understand a critical component that they're missing so they might think that a girl is thinking this thing and that thing and it's wrong and you need to like recorrect it to going at the problem in the right way and it's kind of mix and match to see who does what and who needs what and over time over coaching different students from all kinds of different backgrounds I kind of got into my stride and sort of started to understand how to get to the exact problem each guy has as quickly as possible and then deal with it and I started to like doing that because it felt like I was doing something. I was like, hey, I've accomplished something for this guy. This is great. So then I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm happy to do coaching. It's something that I know brings a lot of comfort to the guy who gets it sorted out. And it's something that I know I can do and do really well. So, yeah, that's kind of the angle that I'm coming at it from. Yeah. And that's kind of a journey in and of itself. All the different skills... I've certainly seen the same thing with coaching myself. You get into it, you realize there are some guys who learn the same way you do, and some guys who have a very different learning style. So you have to be able to adapt your teaching style to the kinds of clients that you work with. So, all right, let's talk about some of the stuff that you teach to guys. So one of the first things you focus on is a guy's base vibe. Could you tell me what this is and why is it so important? A guy's base vibe is basically... The selling point for women. So basically every woman, she has a hard line that she draws, like, let's say she draws it on the ground and she says, the guy has to cross this line. If he doesn't cross this line, then I'm not going to even consider him for anything. So basically, if you don't have that vibe, that base vibe, you're not even going to get good for a moment. So it's one of those things where you have to have it handled before you can do other techniques in an effective way. So basically, you know, a base vibe is what you see most guys who are good with women have. They have kind of like a softer demeanor than most men who tend to be like more uptight and strict, like this is how it is and this is the fact. You just kind of like say, oh, okay, let's not try and like focus too much on facts. Let's kind of like soften it up a bit. Like... Just yeah. keep it easy, you know, like 
let's not give across the impression that you're going to violently snap or like say like hey <laughs> this is the opinion and come down like a judge on her or something tone down some of the super masculinity yeah exactly and then you want a kind of earnestness to that vibes and earnestness means like it's kind of like humility but it's just you coming from a place where you're actually trying not coming from a place where you're just faking it to get sex or something you're more kind of like this is my earnest sort of approach to doing things and that kind of gets a woman to be like a bit more disarmed so she, like her defenses won't be up and she won't be like saying oh my god who's this he's coming to attack me and i've got to defend myself immediately you're just like whoa whoa no my, my opinion is like very earnest and i'm just coming across as best i can to talk to you and that kind of stuff so if you're kind of soft and like a little bit earnest it kind of like helps the vibe be something that she's like oh okay i might consider this and then you have the looseness you kind of need to be loose not like rigid and like stuck in your ways so basically don't take each interaction as some sort of indicator of success or failure you need to just be like okay if it fails it fails if it succeeds it succeeds and just basically think of it like you can't magically win sex at any one moment you can't do that you can only win the woman's kind of curiosity and fascination with you and then eventually that curiosity and fascination can grow into something more it can develop into sex it can develop into a sexual relationship so if you have this kind of softness earnestness a kind of like looseness to the way that you're holding yourself which is what all guys who are good with women have then you you have this kind of base vibe that allows you to start saying things like you might have a line that you want to say whether it might be some specifically constructed line to get the woman's attention which is stuff we also teach or it might just be some sort of observation if you're saying it with that fundamentally better feeling the woman where she's drawn the hard line she'll be like okay i'll allow him to cross it and then she starts to like show her sexual side or show her interest in men instead of pretending that she's platonic and she's asexual and she doesn't really care about men and that kind of stuff so you kind of want to get her to say i'll let him over the line and i'll show him that i'm actually a woman as opposed to just you know off limits and basically that's what your vibe does it helps get you to a point where you can get over that hard line they draw in the sand and once you get past that anything you say can actually work so once we're there, we can start working from there to build a better foundation of what you say, why you say it, what you understand is happening in the situation. And then we can take it from there. And that's kind of like the best first step for most guys. So I know one of the things that we see at Girls Chase is we get guys coming in with, they might have a, a bad vibe or an awkward vibe or a creepy vibe. Or maybe they're just a little too boring or a little too platonic. Girls don't really see them in a sexual light. So if a guy's coming in with kind of some, I guess, vibe problems like that, how easy or hard is it to get them to drop that kind of vibe and move to the warm, good, soft vibe? Uh, well, I actually had a friend who I met in Denmark, Copenhagen, and he had the creepiest vibe I'd ever seen. No offense to him or anything. He's, <laughs> he's actually a good friend. 
But when I met him in the airport, I was like, is this guy going to mug me or something? <laughs> That's not a good vibe. And he was coming right at me and we went out afterwards because like I kind of got over it quickly. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. And then we went out afterwards and he's like, let me show you some things with girls. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he went straight up to the woman, just like directly, just like an arrow. And then he just started like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And he just said something creepy or like grabbed them. I was like, whoa, <laughs> red alert. That is so creepy. And um, yeah, what was this guy trying to show you <laughs> exactly? Yeah, I was like, that is, mm, that's not so good. And, you know, he wasn't very good with the women for like a long time after that. I wasn't coaching him or anything, but eventually he came to me. And he was like, okay, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And I gave him some advice to follow. And he actually earnestly followed it. And the change went from night to day. Because nowadays, he's actually, he's got that, that correct vibe with women. And some women get fascinated by him and come over and start talking to him. And it's crazy the difference that's, you know, a change in that fundamental sort of mindset it makes like he was terrible and then he became actually quite seductive and kind of a guy i would like show to girls and say like hey meet my friend he's a cool guy and you know he could actually like hold his own when you know i i leave the conversation to him or something and basically what happened there is the difference between being really creepy and being awesome was basically a change in the way that he was seeing the world. He was seeing the world as like everything's out to get him. He doesn't ever get anything that happened. Like anything that happens, it doesn't happen to him. And I basically had to convince him that, you know, that isn't the way to approach it. Uh, the way that he had to approach it was he really had no choice but to focus exactly on what he could do rather than all these imaginary ideas of what he could do just focus on what he could do and to make that work as best that he could and that sort of once he was able to suck it up and do the right thing and make it work he started to kind of understand you know where i was coming from what is creepy why it's creepy he's like oh yeah of course that's creepy because you know this and this and this and he started to make those connections himself and i think that's the biggest thing that you need to accomplish when somebody is truly truly creepy is to get them to start making the connection for themselves like you can't tell them they have to see it with their own eyes and then they're like oh okay i can't do it that way i mean most guys they're not too creepy so you can just talk like a few different like tips or something to help them avoid being creepy yeah and different vibes need different tips different perspective tweaks i imagine exactly it depends like what their perspective is and why they're doing it. And if you can pinpoint why they're doing it, then you can come up with a kind of solution or, or a way around it, a way to maximize the benefits they have versus the negatives they have for women. So you're a huge proponent of understanding female psychology, which is a great fit for Girls Chase. I talk about that a lot too. A lot of guys really like it. So why do you think it's so important for men to understand how women think? The reason it's so important to understand how women think is the same reason why sailboats need a captain. If you can't see your way ahead, oftentimes forces will push you off track and you'll have no way of knowing where you'll end up or why. Part of riding a ship 
is that you get a grasp on at least the basics of what's going on, like when to stand firm, when to duck, when to regroup, and when to start from scratch. And understanding how girls think is it's a pretty daunting thing, but when you get some help to understand it, you can actually kind of start to grasp different concepts and that allows you to like have a lay of the land. So you're like, oh, okay, I need to do this thing here and that thing there. And you can kind of start organizing yourself really well instead of just getting pushed wildly off track and not knowing what the hell is going on. When you understand a woman's psychology, you can be like, oh, this is why it's happening. This is what's going on. And this is how I can kind of regroup to kind of handle it. Now, to help men do this, you teach your students something called the female mental map. So would you tell me what this map is? Okay, so basically, you know, women have a lot of chaotic feelings, a lot of chaotic thoughts. They have hormonal cycles. You know, sometimes they're ovulating and they're really horny or they're near their period. The mental map isn't about that, but that goes to show you that there's kind of like these ups and downs in the way that women think, like... If she's near a period, she'll be really, really insistent on things. And if she's, you know, she's ovulating, she won't be insistent on anything. And it's kind of like, oh, that's that's a paradox. How do I handle that? Well, with the female mental map, it's about the different ways that women can think. The different sort of degrees of intensity that women have. And when you sort of start to understand the different degrees of intensity that women have and how they're related to each other, you can start to understand, oh, okay, when she does this kind of thing, it's always within this context. When she does that kind of thing, it's always in that context. And you can kind of understand things in a logical way where you couldn't before. You kind of like pinpoint it and say, oh, this is happening. And then you know how to react because you have one set way to react for that kind of situation. So basically, instead of teaching guys to pretend like women have one opinion, I'm like, okay, she's going to have anywhere from about five to 15 different opinions. And this is the way that they work. And I take a guy through the complications of that and like what it's like to deal with it and how you should be dealing with each one and the consequences and you know the benefits of each kind of different way that they view the world. And basically, you know, it might be chaotic and crazy, like come up at any time. But once you know how to spot what's going on, you can just be like, okay, it's this thing, this is going on. And then you can just immediately rearrange and sort of be adaptable to like the situation. And that is really, really helpful in uh, dealing with women. Even if you're going out to a nightclub and you're, you're talking to women, you say, hey, how are you doing? And she's like, Urgh. You're like, oh, she's in that state. I understand that. And you can kind of like start changing your approach. You don't necessarily have to go, oh, I got rejected. You can just be like, hey, she's in this sort of state of mind. So that means I have to ease off and go away. And maybe I talk to like a few of her friends or something. And maybe she changes her mood. and Or maybe I change her mood by the way that I'm sort of interacting with people. And then, you know, then we can start on a different foot. So if you have that kind of mental map, it gives you options that you wouldn't otherwise have where you'd just be confused saying like, I don't know what's going on. What do I do? So it just opens things up so that you can deal with each situation as it happens in the right way. 
So it sounds like this mental map gives you the ability to figure out, I guess, each individual woman's different navigational pathways and uh, pick the most appropriate one to get where you want to get to with her. Mm. Would you say that's accurate? Or I would say it's the start of that. It's like the foundation of that. Of course, it can't teach you how to figure out every woman's pathway, but it can kind of it can give you the basic idea of you know how how to do it, how to figure it out, and from there it's up to you you know how effective it is. Right on. So that's one type of map. But another item you focus on with students is reading the social terrain, and in particular on spying upcoming obstacles and avoiding them. So to do this, you give guys a handy tool you call the smooth guy spyglass. What is this exactly? Uh, this basically lets guys pick up on details they might otherwise miss that are extremely crucial. Most guys just clumsily step on the landmines or put their foot on the gas when they're going in the wrong direction. The spyglass is all about gathering a clearer picture before you make any crazy choices that will get you kicked to the curb. I mean, a lot of guys, they watch movies and they, they see the protagonist make mistakes with a girl and then, oh, he profusely apologizes and then she takes him back. That never happens in reality. If you get kicked to the curb or if you, like, make her upset or something like that, it, usually most of the time it's over. It's done. It's like scorched earth. You, can, you can't go back there. Yeah. I mean, you need a smooth guy spyglass to be able to be like, hey, hey, let's not make that mistake. And basically, once you know if it's right to stand up for something and how to stand up for it, rather than, you know, waving a sign of protest, it allows you to, you know, stop begrudging different points and stop blowing things up that you actually need to be working with a girl. It's harder to get that right than most guys think, so it needs to be kind of spelled out for a guy so that he can kind of break it apart and be like, oh, okay, this thing I shouldn't do, that thing I can do. And so he knows the limits and what he can do with women as opposed to what he can't. And initially when you're learning about that from society, it is totally broken. You're just looking through this broken spyglass that is just like as terrible. It says, hey, go ahead, do this terrible thing. Or don't do that. Don't do that great thing there because that would be terrible if you would do that great thing. Don't do it. Like I did with uh, my first official girlfriend where I was like, oh, I'm not breaking this promise to her uh, because I said I wouldn't have sex. And then I'm like, don't do that good thing. Don't do that because that could lead to success and you don't want that. So with the spyglass, there's different things that you need to pick up on and different things you need to learn like, What's she initially thinking of you? In what context might she be considering you for a relationship? Things you might be doing that would deter her and like put her off. What she's going to respond to the best. And I help guys dial those things in. So if it's an especially complex situation, I'll help a guy understand all those facets. Like I'll help him understand how she's considering him for a relationship and in what sort of context that's happening. I'll help him understand what she's thinking of him or I'll help him understand like what's deterring her and what she's going to respond to the best. And in those especially complex situations, I lay it out for them. But in general situations, we can kind of predict what's going to happen or what she's thinking about in specific relationships uh, 
like what she wants in relationships and that kind of thing. So we can just go through those different things and say, okay, in general situations, what do these girls want out of a relationship or how do they want to be thinking of a guy? How do they, um, what do they usually respond to best? What usually deters women? And you go through that and kind of get a general idea and you're like, oh, okay. And it kind of helps build up an understanding of, you know, how to spot these things and be like, aha, that over there is bullshit. This over here is a good idea because you kind of get a feel for and an understanding of how those things tend to shape up and how they generally constructed. And I think you have 15 obstacles total you can use this tool to detect and prepare yourself for. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So speaking of looking out for things, one of the biggest issues men face is resistance. And I know you talk about this a lot. So what makes resistance so problematic for men? Resistance is often more of an indicator that guys confuse for a problem. You just need to know what each resistance is indicating, and then you can address it. Most guys just have no clue what each resistance is or how to react to each one specifically. I only teach things like that on my coaching calls because to really master them, you need me to take you through it. Because the way that women resist different things can be really complicated. And it depends on how the specific guy is looking at it. I mean, some guys, they look at it one way and another guy looks at it another way. So I can't make generalizations to, you know, all men as to how they should see resistance and how they should react to it. But what I can do is I have these different milestones so that when they're getting a certain type of resistance, I can say, hey, that's this milestone and you need to react to it this way to get past it which is true of all men. We've all got to get past resistance and we all come up against resistance. So I teach guys what the signs and signals are because in my learning, what I found was one of the most useful things in seducing women was to understand when the resistances would come up and I'd start predicting. I'm like, right about now, she's going to resist in this specific way. I was like, Oh, okay. So that always happens. And then I figured out, like, how do I make that getting past that easier and easier so that then I'm, you know, I'm not as shocked and not as like, Oh my God, this is going to be work. I don't even want to do this. So I'd be like, okay, let's face this resistance in the best way possible. So resistance is kind of like a healthy part of what we're doing, but it's a very complicated thing. And you need to sort of be taken through it. There's no like generalizations. If I say, hey, resistance is a healthy thing. Just go for it. Then you'll be like, okay, it's a healthy thing. So then I should maximize resistance at all times and have a terrible, terrible time where the girl is also having a terrible time. But when I start to show you the different milestones, where the resistances are, what they should be, how you overcome them, it starts to like make sense to each different guy as to like, oh, okay, I should be spotting this thing and that thing and these indicators. And if I can spot that, I can overcome it in this way. And that allows me to teach a guy to really handle those resistances and become much hardier, much stronger in how he faces them. And for me, when I started to understand them, it just skyrocketed my success because 
instead of me always worrying and saying like, oh no, I don't know what I should do here. I was like, I know what to do here. This is simple. And I just need to do this and this and then it's going to be fine. And it was and is and it kind of is that simple. So it's a really important thing to learn. It's just a very touchy subject because if people get it wrong, it can go really wrong. But so long as I'm talking to the guy specifically and, you know, we have a rapport and we know what we're talking about, it's fine and we can really get into it. Like it's something we can't get into in like an open discussion because then, you know, it starts to become taboo. But if you can discuss it privately with someone, it's just like, oh, okay, this, 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 and this. And we tend to knock off all different kinds of understandings of what resistances should come up and how to handle them. Very cool. And so earlier you mentioned that the way or one of the ways that you teach guys to look out for this is, is to teach them to look out for these resistance milestones. And I think from what you told me before, you have four of those, right? So would you mind sharing one of those resistance milestones with us? One of those things that you teach guys to look out for specifically? Yeah, sure. One of the first things that I learned was when I was doing seductions in nightclubs and there was this girl, she was sitting on a stage and I walked up to her and I kind of like put my legs around her legs and kind of like stared at her and she started like slowly shaking her head like... I was just like, what's that? What does that mean? What's that reaction? And I didn't know at the time, but it's actually something that has happened a lot of times. And then when I was thinking back on it later, I was like, is that really a resistance? Like, is that like a negative thing or is it a positive thing? I couldn't really tell. But eventually later after, I actually did like get a pretty good reaction from her afterwards. So that's why it was so confusing. I figured out that when a woman is shaking her head, it can go two ways. She can shake her head in disbelief, and that's like, oh, she's amazed. Or she can shake her head like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, I'm not sure where this is going. So the fact that I was coming over to her and I put like my legs around her legs, it was like she was stuck in a position of, I don't know about this, and wow, this is amazing. So there was that tell that shaking of her head that was displaying the kind of conflict she was feeling. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is a kind of conflict that's happening. She's wobbling her head. And how she's wobbling her head is saying, is telling me exactly what's going on and what I need to do to change it. So I'm like, holy crap, that is a really useful tell. So then I started going back through all the different experiences I'd had with women when they'd shake their head. And I was like, oh, that, that means this and this means that. And I started to like deconstruct it and figure out what that meant. And then going ahead, I kind of like experimented with it more. And then eventually whenever a girl shakes her head, I'm just like, that's an information dump to me. I suddenly start understanding a lot about how she's feeling by the way that she shakes her head. And it is super common. It is one of the four or five most common tells that they do. I mean, normally you hear about tells like girls flicking their hair or pointing their foot towards you or something like that. But these tells are different. They're tells of like her resistance and how she's facing what you're doing. And if you understand the kinds of mental states that surround that kind of body language, it starts to make the picture even more clear. So for example, on one side of her shaking her head, 
she has to be flirty and happy and sort of bubbly and and like kind of social and doing things. That side of her will doubt you if you're doing something really cool. She'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm in a really good place socially and stuff, but I'm not sure that I want to take it sexually yet. So she'll be like, oh, I don't know. And she sort of like starts wobbling her head in a kind of firm way. Or on the other side of that, there is a different kind of state where she's much more wild and sporty and sexual. And she's like, I want to do something. Everything's a drag unless we're doing something. Come on, let's do stuff. So you're like, in that situation, when you come up and you put your legs around her legs, she's like shaking her head like, oh yeah, let's do this. Let's do this because, you know, I'm so bored and I couldn't handle being bored anymore. And once you understand those two different kind of states that she has, you can be like, okay, the way that she's crossing her head, I just change it from like that wild, that kind of social thing into something more sporty. So then I might say a specific line or something like that that starts coaching her into that other state that I want her to be in. And basically, these tells, they only really happen in certain states. So it's really quite wild and remarkable. But, you know, in another state, a girl might put her hand up. And so she might either, like, stop you, like, with a stop sign, like, stop. Or she might, like, put her hand up and put it on your chest and be like, oh, isn't that cute? And those two signals, they're the same body language uh, milestone or resistance milestone, except... Each one is in kind of a different like state of mind. In one state, she's really heavily intellectual. In the other state, she's kind of social. So it's like, okay, a very intellectual woman, when I make an approach to her or something, she might come up with like the stop sign and be like, hey, stop. I'm not interested. I don't want to talk about it, blah, 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 blah. So then you're like, okay, how do I make this more social? How do I make this into kind of like a fun interaction and then you know you might make a joke or something and that stop sign all of a sudden becomes this soft hand where she pats you and she's like oh stop it it's crazy and she just like keeps patting you and you're like okay so that's how you kind of like get past the resistance it might be that she was shaking her head it might be that she was using her hand to like create a sort of a gentle resistance or barrier between the two of you and it's always you know, the difference between two states. It shows a conflict between two different states of mind. And once you understand that it's a conflict between two different states of mind that creates these resistance milestones, you go, oh, okay, it's just about resolving that conflict in the best way that I can. And then, you know, I end up getting the better version of the resistance milestone. And then once you start to understand that, you understand kind of like the order that they come in and you're like, okay, so first... You get like that kind of like stop approach and then later you get like the wobbling head kind of approach and you're like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. And then whenever you see those kind of tells, you're like, oh, I'm in this place. I know where I am. I know how far into it I am with her, how close I am to sex or how far away from sex I am. These are actually surprisingly consistent tells. Like I always use them. Like whenever I see the tell, I'm just like, oh, that means this. And then... You know, because I know that, I know what I can do and what I can't do. If the girl's giving me stop signs, I'm not going to float heavy and hard with her, like, in some sort of wild, sporty, sexual way. Because if I do that, she's just going to be like, 
this heavy stop sign. No. But if she's like shaking her head, that might be an option because, you know, if I resolve her conflict with it, I can actually pull it off. So if you understand the specific resistance that's going on with her and what conflict she's having, you can then take steps to resolve it and make it into the best thing that it can be. So depending on the resistance you get, it tells you kind of what options you have. And the fact that I have four, it just goes to show you how simple it can be and something you can follow and actually learn without it being like, oh, you know, there's these thousands of tells that you have to wade through and figure out. I'm just like, hey, just focus on these four and that will help you a great deal. Cool stuff. So changing paces a bit, you have something you use to keep women on the hook called the interest dial. So by playing with this dial, you either dial a woman's interest up or you dial it back a bit if things are getting too heavy for the situation. So how does this dial work exactly? The reason you want to dial up interest with women is so that it doesn't come in one huge burst. Because if interest comes in a huge burst, it might cause the girl to kind of short circuit and get into a kind of reevaluation mode where she'll locate the source of like what's disturbing her normal state of mind and she'll try to go about eradicating it you want to dial it up smoothly so that she is kind of on board with like your presence and your influence so that she doesn't like chuck you out it's kind of like the frog in hot water theory if chuck a frog in hot water boom it jumps out but if you slowly turn up the dial you know it'll cook to death it's the same thing with girls you want to have a dial that starts to turn up interest and drop it back so that you can use that to kind of avoid any sort of reevaluation mode from women. And the reason you want to kind of be able to dial interest back, which a lot of guys think like, why would you ever want to dial interest back? Isn't interest good like all the time? Basically by dialing it down from time to time, you keep her expectations in a more habitable zone where you, where you can operate. A lot of guys try to crank it up to 11 and like a six will do. And if you keep doing that, it will kind of like wear her out and she won't get interested anymore because you kind of, you doped her up, doped her up, doped her up, and then she's just like, oh, I don't care anymore. And she becomes ambivalent. So you don't want to kind of like overuse it. You want to like use what you need to use and not use too much. And if you develop the ability to dial things up and down, you can really minimize like shock and strain on like her system. And that sort of uh, makes you much smoother. Like the average guy, he always does extremes. He does all the way on, all the way off, all the way on, all the way off. And the girl is so tired emotionally after like a short period of time that she has to drop him. She's just like, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. It's ridiculous. And then stops. And you know, he's not doing anything wrong. He's actually creating attraction. It's just that then all of a sudden he's not creating any and then he's creating some, and then he's not creating any. So that becomes a problem. And what you need to do is you need to be able to create enough attraction and then sort of dial it back to kind of like a simmer and then create enough attraction, then dial it back to a simmer. And then that way, you know, it never gets stale. It never gets old. You can have fuck buddy relationships last longer because you know how to keep things going in like a gentle way and you know how to that you shouldn't be taking it too far too quickly or too frequently because it'll kind of like upset her balance and kind of like 
get her out of whack and she won't know what the hell is going on. So the idea of having a dial to play with makes you able to endure things that the average guy can't because he's thinking, I've got to get attraction, I've got to get attraction. And then he's walking into this trap where, you know, he builds the attraction time after time, but, you know, because it's like a yo-yo, he's, he's worn the girl out. But if you learn to dial it, then, you know, you can run a marathon and you can last. And that's kind of like why I teach guys that specific thing. Because a lot of guys don't know that. They don't quite know how to do it either. And it requires a very sort of specific set of understandings to sort of start knowing when and how to kind of like dial it back and dial it up and that kind of stuff. Would you tell me some of the ways you move this dial up or down? I assume you're usually moving it up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can turn it up by just turning this situation kind of like more sporty, more wild and spontaneous and like like where you're just like flirting talking about sex talking about fantasies what you like what you don't like um but like in a sexual sort of context and you can talk about like cool stories social events that you did and that'll get her kind of like riled up and like oh this is fun and blah and that's like cranking it up and to turn it down you might just keep it at a six on like the one to ten scale which is you're just like, oh, cool, that's interesting. And you sort of like support her and kind of like, not like in a like too friendly way, but like in a sort of like, oh, that's really awesome. Kind of like feeding her a little validation, a little bit at a time, like using eye contact. And she's like, oh, that eye contact was good. He must like me. And like, oh, maybe you touch her a bit. And she's like, oh, I got touched. That was really cool. Oh, he greeted me a certain way. Oh, he said something that was really polite. Oh, he he did this and sort of stood up for me in this situation. And, you know, it's it's not going to make her, you know, hot and horny for you, where she's like, oh my God, he just did this nice thing for me. I am so horny. It's going to be like, oh, that's nice. And she's going to feel validated and it's going to it's not going to be super attractive to her. It's going to be like a six. She's like, well, I wouldn't fuck it, but it's it's still it's still nice. It's not like hideous. So in that case, like you need to understand those kind of different dynamics. And when you can understand those da- dynamics, you know what each one is. You know, this one's a six, that one's a seven, that one's an eight, that one's a nine, that one's a 10. And you know, hey, I only use 10s in this scenario where I really need her to be highly attracted immediately, which is something that I would do in a nightclub for a one-night stand. Like, I might go, hey, this girl is really tough to crack. I'm going to crank it up to a 10, and I'm going to do it on her, and she's going to crack, and we're going to be sleeping together in less than 20 minutes. And that's, like, the plan of it. And, like, my plan isn't, like, then afterwards to say, hey, let's create a relationship because she's going to be like, I don't want a relationship. That was fine for me. I'm done. But if I want to create like a fuck buddy relationship, maybe I go for an eight or a seven and I sort of like say, okay, when I do a seven or an eight, I need to do it in this different way. And then the girl can be like, hey, let's do it again. And she'll be like waking up in the morning saying like, oh, that was great. Let's do it again. So if you understand what levels of attraction you need in specific scenarios. It can help you direct the relationships and sort of understand what's going on and why and allows you to like manage, maintain things 
so long as you kind of like understand those principles, it sort of becomes more intuitive as opposed to just like this chaotic thing where you're thinking, oh, why didn't that girl who was a 10 that I had great chemistry with ever call me back? And it's like, it was because, you know, she was a 10 that you made all those efforts and you like went all at it. If you're doing an attraction spike that's really huge, you got to be careful. But if you're doing an attraction thing that is kind of like moderate and it's like decent, you're like, yeah, that's good. That's going to like kind of start to build the relationship in a more gradual way that helps it sustain longer. So depending on what a guy wants, he has to approach it with a different sense of finesse. And by teaching the guy how to dial it up, dial it down, he gets that finesse. He starts to understand how to organize what he's doing so that he gets different reactions, he gets different results. And so he can control it, which is something I'm really glad that I have personally because the fact that I know how to control specific situations by dialing it up, dialing it down, it makes it, it, makes it much easier to deal with women because when I'm dealing with somebody that's like a 10, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know what to do with you. I'm not going to like impress you and go crazy all out here. I'm just going to like, I'm going to stick to a six and I'm just going to stick to that for a while until you calm down. And then once you've calmed down, then we can do something. So it gives you, I don't know, allows me to understand exactly what I need to do in, in most situations. And that combined with like the female mental map and optical spyglass, the smooth guy spyglass, when you start to put all these things together, it starts to be like, huh, this is how I can control what's going on. This is how I can manage everything that's happening. And that's a really awesome skill and ability to have because without that, you're kind of just like floating around, talking to different girls and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but hey, I'm trying to get success anyway. And once you get off that paradigm into, no, I can control it, I can do what I want with it, I can sort of make things happen the way that I want them to happen, then you get into that, once you're in that mindset, you can truly start taking control. And that's really something that's awesome. You know, you know I was going to ask you, how powerful is this method of interest and attraction dialing? But then you were talking about taking girls who are highly resistant to you and, and putting this to work and then getting a 20-minute same night lay right after that. So I think we can probably skip that question. So there's a lot of stuff to learn here, but you've found that guys learn it faster and easier when they use one of what you call the seduction states. So there are three of these states and they cut the learning curves of guys who use them dramatically. Can you tell me about these states? Yeah. Well, these states, they're different for every guy. Um, like how the guy gets into this state is different for him. But basically what happens is once you learn these states specific to you or however you manage to do them, uh, you can then kind of pull them out for different situations. And there really are only three good states that you want to be in. One is kind of like this wild, sporty, like, uh, kind of like, let's take life by the horns kind of state. Another state is this kind of like devilishly handsome and sexy kind of state where you're like, focused and you know exactly what you want and why you want it and you can project a certain level of sexuality towards the woman in a very kind of like spicy way that's kind of like it's always 
it's always like pinching on like this like special nerve it's like mm, oh this guy so there's those two states and you know there's the very social flirty happy like you know singing in the rain kind of state where you're kind of like you're on the bus and you're just like humming a tune and you're like yeah this is awesome i feel awesome i love being me this is great so if you have like those three states down where you like you have that wild sporty like floating state where you know how to like really spice things up you have a state where you're just singing along on a bus or something and and then you have a state where you just know how to like really turn it on if you have those different states you can start to utilize them as kind of like different vehicles for different goals and once you have those honed in you don't need like a whole lot of other tricks because if you understand the situation, you understand the map of the situation, context, that kind of stuff, and you also understand, you know, what tools you have, especially like these main vehicles of these main states, then start to say like, okay, which one of these three is best for this specific task? And you're like, okay, if I want to keep a relationship around, I want something that's more on the like singing in the rain kind of like just chilling on a bus kind of like vibe if i want to turn a girl who's in my social circle into someone who's you know a fuck buddy or something i want to be like wild sporty and fun and kind of like take life by the horns and if you know i want something like an immediate one night stand i come at it very strongly with the state where it's like you just know her see right through her and can just kind of direct sexuality directly at her and she's like oh i don't know what to do here and you're just like mm, i've still got you i've got your number i know what's happening here and then that allows you to do like the the quicker pulls and that kind of stuff so if you understand those three different states that you need for those three different things you can be like oh okay now i have this kind of repertoire that i can use and go back to and can have those kind of those different reactions to things and you can kind of like cultivate it make sure you're there you don't want to be in like these other two states where maybe you're paranoid or maybe you're kind of like over intellectualizing things so you start to say like okay i don't want to be paranoid or over intellectualizing things i want to be in these other three states where you know it's it's much more useful and then you also understand what those states are used for and then you can start to say, hey, you know, I want this state to be in this situation or that situation. So you can start to condition yourself so that when you're in a social situation, you start being wild, flirty, fun, but kind of like in a sporty way where we grab the bull by the horns. And if you're in a situation where you're in a nightclub, you know what you need to be. You need to be that kind of like sexual sort of like that kind of like hunter who knows his prey kind of state and if you're in the say you're just chilling around with like friends or just like a girlfriend fuck buddy or something and you don't want it to be too out there you want to be in a state where it's kind of like you're just chilling in the rain or you just like you know just singing dancing goofing goofing off yeah if you understand your own version of those states and you start to reference to memories that you have of having those kind of connections with women it starts to it starts to fill in a lot of a lot of gaps and a lot of like 
blank spots that guys have like in their understanding because a lot of stuff with women it isn't necessarily about a specific technique or a specific line that you have to say sometimes it's about a specific mood that you have to maintain for like a while so if you have to maintain that mood with a specific girl or that specific dynamic you know it's better to understand what that dynamic is than it is necessarily to be focusing on the words because you have to like keep it coming so once you understand you know what sort of dynamic you need you can then say oh okay it needs these specific kinds of lines it needs these specific kinds of approaches and you can kind of like weed through things like maybe you can go and search up different lines that you can use or different tactics that you can use and you can say like hey this one this one's more of the kind of fun flirty vibe this one's more of the wild wild sporty let's take life by the horns vibe this one's more like a hunter kind of like hunting his prey kind of vibe and you can say okay now i have ammunition and so basically that allows you to load up your different weapons you might have your sidearm you might have your, your shotgun and you might have you know your sniper rifle and you can go into battle with those three different states and you can make a huge impact as opposed to like just wandering around going like oh i'm paranoid i don't know what i'm doing and oh i've got to intellectualize this it's like no 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 let's use these three other states and just like maximize them to the best they can be and just totally hammer our results and make it work. Wow. So what's so important about guys using their experiences and not just stuffing them away in shoeboxes and forgetting them? Okay. So basically with guys, they tend to think to themselves that like they don't know how to seduce women. They're like, I don't know, man. It's just never happened for me. Uh, you know, girls don't like me. I was unpopular in school and then, you know, girls at work, they rebuffed me and rejected me and I don't know what I'm doing. So then it's like, okay, well, that's what you think is happening because that's what's something that happens to you like repetitively when you try. But what about when you weren't trying? Was there a time when not even trying and say you were walking over a bridge, getting onto a bus or something and you made eye contact with a woman and there was, boom, chemistry. You felt it. It was like her eyes dilated. You could almost feel like her heart bobbing in the air. There was just like this palpable tension. And you're like, holy crap, this is amazing. And you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. And maybe you even talked to her and it was really good. Maybe it went nowhere or maybe it did. It doesn't really matter which. But since you have that memory, you can be like, okay, that's a specific state that can happen. And then you can aim towards creating that again, or you can say, that's what I want. And you can start talking about it with women. Like this specific feeling is what's awesome. So about that space. Okay, so when you have an understanding of these states and you have the memories of them, you can start using them as goals, as conversation pieces, as ways to understand how you can possibly do it, how you can possibly feel, how you can recreate success. So if you have all these memories and they're shoved in a shoebox somewhere and you're just like, I don't want to remember it because, you know, I can't do it all the time and therefore it's not important. Those things really are important. 
he shouldn't shove them away in like a, a shoebox somewhere because those are the very things that are going to make you good. They're going to make you understand things. They're going to expand your horizons. So for me, as an experienced producer, I have tons of it. I have so much of it is, it is like most of my days, most of my experiences are filled with like good experiences and I can draw from them and use them to understand different situations and how to handle different situations. If you have only a handful, do not throw them away. Do not put them in the shoebox. Do not shove them in the corner. No, you need to use them. You need to pull them out right now and you need to be like, okay, these are my, like, I have a few special gems that I'm going to use to start understanding this thing. Because if you don't start understanding it through those things, it's all going to be theoretical, hypothetical. And you're going to be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. And you're going to feel stuck. And if you want to get out of feeling stuck, you have to start looking back on these memories and being like, oh, this is a good thing that I want to have happen. And you need to start thinking around it, circulating around it, focusing on it, and then even try to create more of them again so that then you can have even more feedback and more understanding and kind of like make your aim be to accomplish more of those awesome moments. And then once you start having enough of these awesome moments, it will start to become a part of your identity, part of who you are. It won't happen that you think you're awesome immediately if you know you keep thinking about all these bad memories that you have. But if you start building those good memories, then you're like, hey, I am awesome. I can create these awesome memories. I had these awesome experiences with women. I'm not a bad guy. It works. I have connections with women. And once you understand that, all those doubts and indecisions and bullshit, it starts to become irrelevant. And you start to say like, yeah, I'm done with that stuff. And then you can start becoming the kind of guy that you want to be as opposed to the guy that you're like complaining about. So it's really important to start looking at those kind of memories and start, you know, evaluating them, like reflecting on them and kind of figuring out how you can use them. All right. We have a few more of your techniques to cover. Right now, I want to ask you about your cell lines technique. This one sounds fun. So what's a cell line? Basically, a cell line is... A specific line that you use with an accompanied vibe. So basically you have your basic vibe, which is soft, earnest, and loose. And when you have that vibe, it creates a kind of low-key feeling. Basically she doesn't expect anything sexual to come out of it. But then you change that by adding in a specific line. And what happens is girls draw this hard line between them and you. And basically to cross that line, you need a certain way to do it. And basically when you're coming in with this kind of low key vibe and you put out the right kind of line on top of that, it blasts away any of her kind of like resistances or like thinking, oh, this guy, he's just an average guy. He's not too special. And basically there are five areas that I cover, five basic areas where you want these lines to come out. Like you want to say them so the girl understands them. And then once she un understands that you can operate on these kinds of levels, think in these kinds of ways, then she starts to say like, hey, I might as well consider this guy because this is interesting. So basically 
these cell lines, which comes from soft, endearing, loose, and line, is basically the kind of line that most naturals use, most guys who are successful with women use, is basically they punctuate an awareness and an understanding from a position of, I don't know how you would say it, but a position of value or a position of being low-key or something where she's like not exactly totally expecting it but once it comes it's welcome so you're setting up an environment that is kind of like lukewarm water in a bath or something and or like warm water in a bath and like she can slip into it and then you give her this line and it's like boom like dynamite it's just like or fireworks it just like explodes and she's like yes that's it so basically you have to sell women in five different ways and once you start selling them in those five different ways, they come around to your side. They start to understand you, start to be like, oh, I like this guy because he understands me and, and I understand him and all that kind of stuff. So basically, these five different lines are kind of like one of them is about, you know, her being worried about being perceived as a slut or being perceived as weak because she gives you, you know, because she allows sexuality to happen between you two. Or another area is she's wondering if the sex will be any good or if you're just like listening to your own instincts and saying, hey, yeah, of course the sex will be good. Can she trust that? She doesn't know if she can trust that. So you have to have a specific way of telling her that she can trust that without saying, hey, you can trust that the sex will be good. You want it to be something that's like, oh, I understand now. I understand why it will be good. Because you say something like, you start describing the chemistry, like you want the chemistry to be a certain way. And then that sex is really awesome because uh, it's really awesome when there's great chemistry. Like when you touch their skin, there's kind of like this bounce to it and this kind of radiance that like jumps from like her skin to your skin. And when you can feel it, you know that the sex is going to be good because it shows that your body is compatible with her and that blah 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 and you kind of like explain how the sex would be good and why it would be good based on the chemistry that you have right in that moment and then another thing that she'll test you on is can he handle me and like is he a real man that's going to lead to sex in the right kind of way basically most men they get they go about achieving sex in like Oh, will she give me permission to have sex with her? And you want to make it clear in just one line that you don't need permission, that you understand that she just needs to be really turned on. And once she's really turned on, then of course sex is going to happen. So once she starts to understand that you're not going to be standoffish, too sheepish, because you've said that right line and you've said it clearly, and she's like, oh yeah, he's he's real man, he's going to take charge and he's going to be having a really good time. And another area is, are there strings attached to this kind of relationship? Is it going to be clingy? Is it going to be strange? Like, what's his view on what should happen between us? And she wants to know that's correct, because if it's not correct, then she could be dealing with somebody that's, that becomes hazardous to her social life or something like that. So you might want to be talking about discretion. You might want to be talking about the kind of relationship that you're looking for. Another thing, the fifth thing, is her asking herself, 
do I want to give this guy the satisfaction of saying he had sex with me, etc.? Or is he going to disrespect me and say like, ha ha ha, I had sex with you, ha ha, and kind of like rub it in and like make it weird and strange for her? Can he be like, hey, you know, it's cool, it's no big deal. And basically when you have these cell lines, it could be anything from like, hey, sex is natural. It could be like, oh, chemistry is the thing that makes sex great. It could be, you know, to handle a woman, you need to really understand what she's looking for and you need to understand when she's really feeling it and when she's not. Or you might say... And those are some examples of specific cell lines that you give to guys to use. Specific... Those target a few of the five areas. Exactly. And once you start hitting all those different areas with the right line and you have that right vibe of like soft, earnest, loose, basically you can hit those lines and the girl will be like, oh, wow. And she'll be sold. She'll be sold on what you're delivering. And that way she'll kind of be open to you sexually and you can really start developing something with her after that. Very neat. So with these cell areas that you're using the cell lines for, can you just use them at any time during the courtship or the interaction? Or do they kind of come up at specific times? Or is there a way for you to know which cell area you've hit, which cell line you're supposed to deploy? Mm. Well, it tends to come, well, you don't want to be saying it like immediately, like when you're first meeting her. But you want to be saying it at any point in the conversation where it sort of can come up with a level of plausible deniability. Basically, the reason you say these lines is to showcase a certain awareness to her. Like, hey, wink, wink, I understand this, I'm aware of this. So basically, you don't want to leave it too long where she's like, I'm not sure if he understands anything about me. So you just slide one in. Uh, you just like, okay, I'll put one in and that will like, make her curious to understand if I understand more. And then later, whilst she's discussing something else, you put another one in. And then later, you put another one in. And then she's like, oh, okay, this is a pattern. He tends to eventually show that he understands certain things if I talk to him for a little bit of time. And once you sort of establish that pattern of, you know, feeding her a bit more information, she tends to go, oh, so if I talk long enough, I get information on him and how it's going to be. So then she's rewarded for talking to you. So basically, those cell lines are really kind of like, they're kind of almost rewards to women. So basically, when you're telling them that, they they tend to perk up and be like, oh, really? That's interesting. It tends to like spiral the conversation into a direction of more sexuality and more you know, like interesting things, which then of course in turn tends to make the whole interaction better. So basically you just put them in here and there and it it tends to take the situation out of, you know, boring conversation about herself, her family, you know, what she does for work. You just like, when she's saying something about work, like she says, oh, you know, I do work and blah, blah, blah. You say something like, yeah, it's crazy. So what do you do for fun instead? And then and then maybe you slide in, into one of these cell lines that is related to it. And it seems seamless, like a kind of social way to sort of like encourage more discussion. So there are certain things like when you, when you might be in a situation and you're just exchanging 
information about a date or something. So if a girl says, you know what, I want to get drinks, I'm not really hungry, you can respond back with one of your lines by just making kind of like a small tangent into one of the subjects like, hey, you know, I was also thinking, what do you think about the setting? Should it be romantic or should it be a little bit naughty or should it be casual? And that might give you sort of like an opening to sort of talk about like, you know, if you can handle her or, you know, what sex means to you, what kind of like strings are attached. Like she goes, oh no, I don't want it to be romantic. That's ridiculous. And you're like, hey, yeah, me too. So then basically you've worked into the conversation. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. So with your students that you work with, do you give them specific verbatim cell lines to use or do you train them to come up with their own cell lines? I definitely train them to come up with their own cell lines by discussing with them what works, what doesn't work. But of course, I also give them a couple of, you know, prepackaged lines that we alter and change and shift so that they feel it suits them. It feels like something they would say or something they can say without it being, you know, robotic or strange or, you know, anything like that. So basically, we have some prepackaged lines that we give you and then we alter them for you to make them fit. And then we also tell you about, like, if you want to create a line, this is how you do it. This is how you change it. And you tend to want to stick within these frameworks so that you can understand what to do and create some for yourself. Great. So you teach students there are five foundations of dating success. The first one is spirit. And you know that getting spirit down lets you breeze past resistance while you open up tons of options with women. So not only that, but it makes you extremely relatable to the women you meet, much more so than if this foundation isn't there. So what is spirit and how does it have these phenomenal effects? Well, generally, women are looking at you and they're thinking, you know, what kind of guy is this? Who is he? And if they can't really figure that out or that or who you are seems really average and you know, not at all ambitious or interesting, they, they can kind of pass by you. But if you kind of like have that fighting spirit, that kind of like resolve and strength to you, it tends to really communicate something more than words can say. So for example, we talked earlier about how I was watching over that girl who was drunk in a park and there was four guys following her. And in that moment, I had a lot of strength, presence, spirit. And when seeing that kind of resolve in me, the woman was extremely turned on because she knew it was a quality of an exceptional man, not an average man. And that kind of starts to change the game and how they start to perceive you. They perceive you as a guy who's just going along, doing his thing. They're not really geared to say, oh, you know, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. I'm going to stop here and listen to him. I'm going to pay attention. But if you have that kind of quality to you, the girl is like, hang on, something is different here. And it creates a level of mystery and intrigue that draws the woman in because she knows that when there is a level of resolve in a guy, that there's often something, something else there too. How do you teach something like this? Well, basically you teach it by encouraging it as opposed to discouraging it. A lot of guys, from their experience with women and uh, different guys telling them how to act with women, they tend to feel very discouraged. 
basically I turn that around. I start showing them how they can start developing it again and how they can feel confident about it. And that's just generally me helping him find the way that he can have that resolve, that fighting spirit. So basically it's just me helping the guy out so that he can generate it for himself. How long does it typically take guys to learn? Sometimes it just takes, you know, one conversation. Um, and then they're like, whoa, this is a big difference. Sometimes it can take a guy a while until he gets over a problem and then he's like, oh, that's the solution. So it depends on the guy. And so Spirit was the first one of the five foundations that you have. So can guys learn all five of all the foundations you have at once? Or do they have to learn them one at a time? Like learn Spirit first and then learn the second foundation and then, and then the third foundation? So all at once or sequentially? Basically, I teach it in a sequence because you have to learn one before you can really master the other. So for example, the last one is having an edge that you use, like a kind of like, like if you're a bad boy, you have a bad boy edge. If you have, you know, you're a quiet, shy guy, you have that sort of low key kind of edge, your level of mystery and stuff. And basically, if you start teaching a person how to do that before they've found, you know, their resolve and fighting spirit, they're not exactly going to know how to perform. They might be doubting themselves or struggling to do it. So basically, I teach it in sequence and each one gets him closer to mastering what he's doing, like internally. So he's like, I've got the five foundations, I'm solid, I know what I'm doing, and then when he goes out and he does any technique, he feels way better about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think we have one more technique we want to cover. But before we do, we've been talking about all the stuff that you teach to clients. We haven't actually talked about in depth about any specific client experiences. So could you share with me a story of maybe one of your clients? And you've been coaching for Girls Chase for a number of years. And you've done coaching on your own before then, and I think an additional to GC. So could you tell our audience maybe a story of an example of one of your clients that you've worked with and what kind of progress he's seen and what sort of results he's experienced? Yeah, sure thing. Well, I've had all different kinds of clients, you know, whether it be a guy who's trying to learn to improve his success when he's approaching girls at clubs or, or a guy who's in a relationship and he's trying to figure out what his girlfriend is thinking. And say from one example... I had a guy, he called me, he was totally lost. He had no idea what his girlfriend was thinking when she was arguing with him and while she was starting up drama. And he was like, oh man, I don't know what to do here. He was almost coming to the point where he wasn't sure if the relationship was going to last because of the fights they were having and how he simply couldn't handle it. I went through the psychology of what was happening, what the girl was thinking, why she was saying it. And I took him through a way that he could relate to it, how he could address it. And basically, once I explained it to him, he was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And I didn't even think it was possible that I could be told something that so completely changed my mind on what was happening. You know, it's because guys tend to get stuck in their own routine, their own explanations of what's happening to them. But when I come along and I show them, you know, this is the exact thing that's happening here and there's these dynamics at play, they can then look at it objectively 
and see the solution that they couldn't see before. And, you know, with him, that allowed him to get back into the relationship and ride it out to have more success with it. And in other situations, I had guys who they had terrible confidence because they'd been stuck inside working on like becoming a doctor for the longest period of time. But they were just like, I don't even know if I can go out and do this anymore or do this. It's just been so hectic, so difficult in the struggles in my life that I, I'm not sure I can put in the effort to be good with women anymore. And basically, I helped him understand, you know, how his struggles, what he was already doing, had already contributed towards him being better with women and how he could relax and open up and start interacting with women. And by the next call, he was ecstatic. He was over the moon. He was like, oh my God, I'm finally doing it. I've uh, got this on lock now, you know. I've, I finally finished my doctorate and I feel so much better and I've, I'm starting to progress in what I'm doing with the women. And, and he was really happy. So, I mean, generally when I'm teaching a guy, I usually get straight to the issue. There's not so much wavering around because basically I ask him a few questions to get a picture of exactly what's going on and what all the moving pieces are and then I'm like okay I think about it and I start to see the different solutions that he has and I sort of start asking him questions to figure out which solutions will work for him and then once I find the solution we get straight to it so it's basically a process that I've come to understand how to do after teaching lots of different guys and basically it's really effective so I'm always really happy after calls because I know I've made a difference for the guy. And basically that's my aim. I aim to get one thing done and one thing done completely in, in each call. And so when a guy is finished with a call, he's got a lot to think about. He's got a lot to process. He processes it. He goes through like what he needs to go through to fully understand it. And then he comes back for another call and we teach him another thing. And it's always, he's always progressing. He's always learning something different. And that's kind of the cool thing about teaching them. Fantastic. So our last Cody Lyons technique we'll cover in this interview is invisible escalation. I had to chuckle when you told me about this one. It sounds so under the radar, but also like a huge blast for both you and the girl. So can you tell our listeners what invisible escalation is and how it works? Yeah, totally. It's actually about it's actually really closely related to the three states that I talked about before, the three sexual states where it might be like singing in the rain and it might be taking a bull by the horns or it might be hunting your prey kind of stuff. But with an invisible escalation ladder, it's about understanding that there are communication levels between you and her that only you and she knows about. Like nobody else around you can see or detect it. So basically, when there's this undetectable communication between you and her, you use that to your advantage. And basically, if a girl is, say, you know, she's being intelligent and sort of snarky with you, you kind of understand that there's a certain level of connection there that's on that sort of snarky sort of playful sarcastic level um and then you're like oh wait i want to move that towards something that's a bit sexier and then you know the snarky sarcastic sort of play might turn into a sort of a 
sexier kind of version of it where you have kind of like inside jokes on uh, more risque topics and then you know that might escalate where you actually uh, might tease her a little bit like under the table or something where nobody else knows and when you start thinking about escalation it's not these obvious steps but something that you do that's between you and her you start to understand that it's about escalating the kind of connection that you have for the woman and once you start escalating that it's a lot easier to understand and comprehend because it's something that's happening rather than something you're having to spot and then say oh okay she flicked her hair that means she's interested it's like okay you know she's interested because you you floated about this topic and that topic and she invested this much energy I'm actually holding back from telling you what the actual steps are but basically when we talk about it I go into what these steps are and you know how to define them and how to essentially build them one of the most interesting things about seduction is doing things that are under the radar so for example I remember this uh, moment really clearly because it was just awesome I was introducing uh, myself to like a few of a girl's friends and one of her friends was just looking at me a certain way so whilst before I was finished like shaking all the different girls hands and saying hello I'd already slipped my other hand behind the other girl onto like the lower part of her waist and was like gently rubbing that part of her back and she was like pretending it wasn't even happening so by the time I introduced myself to every single girl I was I then just sort of like left and she followed so I mean once you understand that escalation can be totally invisible it's kind of like a game changer it makes it so that you look at the world a different way and you can do these really sly things that other people can't comprehend they're like what just happened I don't understand it but you know what happened and she knows what happened and that's kind of the point amazing stuff well, let's talk about your coaching package, because I think at this point, at least a few of the guys listening are going to want this entire system. You teach all this material over the course of 12 weeks. You hold one one-hour phone call per week with students over the course of those 12 weeks, so it's 12 phone calls, 12 hours total. Normally, we do individual coaching call sales with Cody, which are priced at $197 apiece. So a normal 12-call deal would be priced at $23.64. But we've cut the price for package students down by a whopping 37%. So now, the price for the package is a mere $14.97 US, not Australian. Or if guys would rather pay in installments, they can choose the installment plan, which is $5.67 a month for three months. And at the bottom of this page is the form for students to sign up for a free 10-minute phone call with you. You hop on this call, talk over with them where they're at, what their needs are, and what they can expect a coaching package with you to be like, right? Any questions they've got, you answer. Yeah, exactly. We want to make sure that every call is the right fit. So basically, I'll just take you through whatever questions you have and make sure that everything is gelling and that we're good to go. Okay. So you've worked with a lot of different students and you adapt the course to the needs of the student. That means for some guys, you go a little slower and ease them into it, while for other guys, you get to the advanced stuff a lot quicker. Is that right? Yeah, basically every guy has different needs. And I make it a point to make sure that everything is customized. I don't just rush through things that you don't understand. I don't just bring up 
advanced things before you're ready to handle them. Basically, I just look at each guy's situation and I say, can we get to this certain topic? And I try to find the best way to get to those topics if we can. And basically, we get through as much as you can handle. So if you can handle learning quick, we get it done quick. If you need it slower, we make sure that we get it done. And we make sure that those understandings are deep and that you really have comprehension of what you're doing so that you can really be confident when you get out there. Cool. So wherever a guy is at with girls, if it sounds like this is stuff he'd be interested in, this course is going to be pretty good for him. Are there any guys you would say this course is definitely not for? I suppose it's not for guys who are extremely pedantic, how I would put it. I've only really had one coaching client that didn't really work out so well. And it, was, it wasn't so much that we didn't get along or didn't have a good call because we uh, finished things off and um, it was pretty good. But he was kind of pedantic about his specific techniques and what he was doing to a degree that I couldn't really teach him anything. So, so long as a guy is ready and willing to learn and we can sort of mutually work off each other, then, you know... It's usually a good thing, a good fit. Gotcha. So you just don't want the guys that are going to be like, oh, I can't do that because it goes against this other stuff that I learned from these other teachers. Yeah, basically you just need an open mind and uh, a willingness to really pay attention to what's being discussed. That's only because I want to make sure that each person is getting their money's worth, you know. If it's kind of like, oh, I have to go along this specific line, you know, this is exactly what I need. And it's like, okay, I'll teach you that, but it's really not going to help you that much. Or it's going to like, it's going to kind of waste your time. You're not going to get as much info as you need in like, in the time frame that we have. Like, usually I'm thinking I need to get to a certain destination in a certain period of time. So I go straight at, at that thing. But sometimes when a guy's dragging on it, he's like, you know, I need it. This, it just slows things down and it doesn't make it so smooth. Gotcha. So you're more focused on, I want to get this guy to these results that he wants, and not so much that I want to teach this guy exactly the path that he thinks he wants to go on to get those results. I want to give him the most effective path to those results. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. So now before we wrap up, care to give me a recap of what guys can expect to learn in a 12-week coaching course with you? Okay. The first thing we do is we figure out the most convenient time for us to talk. I like to make sure guys are able to talk at some time that works for their schedules and where they won't be rushing out the door. We start each call with a review of how any homework from the prior week went. Did he meet some girls? Did he do the homework with those girls? And how did it go? Then we get into the lesson. Over the course of 12 weeks, I cover everything we talked about in this interview. I work on his base vibe with him so girls respond to him instantly and he's able to make those fantastic introductions. I hand him the female mental map to let him peer into women's minds and see what women are thinking and why they're doing what they are. I give him the smooth guy spyglass that lets him spot all 15 unexpected stumbling points from a distance so they aren't unexpected anymore. And I give him five cell line areas and a couple of ready-made lines he can use on each area to melt women's reservations about him. Plus, show him exactly how to build his own 
custom cell lines that fit him like a glove. I share the four resistance tells with him and teach him how to recognize the type of resistance a girl is showing him and figure out what's causing the resistance so he can get past that resistance. I show him how to use the intrigue dial to dial a woman's interest in him up and up and up or sometimes down as need be. This lets him never have to deal with women who are bored or non-compliant or not interested enough ever again. I teach him the three seduction states. These states shorten his learning curve dramatically and allow him to use all of what he learns instead of just file it away and forget it. I instruct him in the five foundations of dating success, those elemental aspects of seduction every master seducer uses. With these five foundations mastered, he almost doesn't even need the other stuff. The foundations are what you use to figure out your own techniques and become your own teacher. And I cover all the steps of invisible escalation, how to use them, when to use them with girls. With invisible escalation, even shy guys can escalate on a girl quickly and aggressively without her even noticing. Absolutely top notch. And while it isn't covered as part of your normal course, I believe you can also cover a few other things if students request them, right? Including a three-minute number close, the routine you follow to get girls on the dance floor. That was your big thing for a long time, was meeting girls on the dance floor and pulling them very quickly, oftentimes off to the bathroom or, or just to take them home. And your two no-fail kiss routines that usually lead to girls telling you you're the best kisser they've ever kissed in their lives, correct? So you can teach all those things to guys? At request, if they want to learn those things. Definitely. I request if guys want to learn anything or hear about anything or understand any sort of topic about women or, or being good with women, I'm open to telling them all about it. So they can just ask and I'll answer. And you also offer an advanced class for elite and alumni students on the 20-minute seduction. So that's where you go from strangers to sex with a girl in 20 minutes or under. So this class is only for very experienced seducers. I think you have a minimum 10-lay requirement before you'll take a guy through this course, right? He has to have slept with 10 girls first. Is that correct? Absolutely. If a guy knows what he's doing and he can get laid well enough, we can go through a course that gets him laid consistently or having a lot more fun in, in what he's doing. So basically, if any guy he needs... He's good, but he needs a leg up. I'm there to help out. All very cool. Okay. If you're listening in and you're ready to talk to Cody about coaching with him, fill out the form directly below this podcast. Let Cody know your schedule, time zone, and how to reach you. He'll get in touch with your free 10-minute phone call to see whether coaching with him is a fit for you and whether you'll be a fit for this course. Zero commitment necessary. You can always back out of doing coaching after you talk with Cody if you like. How soon after filling out the form can guys expect to hear from you, Cody? Uh, Within a week. It's usually always within a week, but sometimes it's just like a day or two. Okay, excellent. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today, Cody. No problem. So that's it. We covered a full suite of tech, mindsets, and tools from Cody Lyons, aimed at taking you from shy guy to smooth Casanova. A great vibe, reading minds and resistance, dialing up intrigue, getting decisive, and being able to escalate without her even realizing it. These are just some of the topics we covered today. It's all available to learn one-on-one with Cody over the course of a 12-week custom-tailored program. If you're ready to become the sexy, quiet guy who gets girls out on dates and plops girls into bed, 
put your details into the form below. Cody will be in touch within the next seven days, probably sooner. Thanks for joining us for another Girls Chase Date Coach interview. This is Chase Amante, and I hope you've had fun. See you next time.